BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So each color has their own kind of place in society. Okay. And the real problem... <laughs> Say that out of context. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Welcome, welcome everyone. This is our uh, spoiler-free pitch review on the Red Rising Saga. It's not just going to be a pitch to you guys. It's a pitch to me. It's a spoiler-free for audience and myself. You read the saga. We've done this before with books. It's going to be a review, and he's going to give a lot of details on things without spoiling anything. Yeah. So, uh, and first off, maybe you don't like the series. Let's see if you actually like it, what your rating is, and we'll we'll do a run-through. But first things first, Pierce Brown is the author, correct? Yeah, Pierce Brown. Uh, what do you know about Pierce Brown? Any info on him? What do you want to put in there about Pierce Brown? So this is Pierce Brown's first series, and his other works are, the he has the Red Rising Saga, he has two books uh, about to release a third in a continuation in the same universe, and he also has comic books. That does he, does are he have based a cool universe name? One. What's the universe? It's just our universe. Oh, it's Earth. Yeah. Oh. So, well, it's sci-fi. So it's sci-fi Earth. Okay. It sets in the future of our own. Oh, so are these kind of dystopian? Yeah. So cool. got that dystopian sci-fi. All right, right there. Nice, I like that element. Okay. Okay, so I want to get right into your rating of the saga. So not individual books. Overall, Red Rising. What are your what's your rating and overall thought? Yeah. So overall I have the entire saga, all three books averaged together, a seven point four eight. Seven point so almost a seven five. Almost seven five, yeah. Okay, which for your rating scale is pretty good. Yeah, it I'll be honest, the first book actually dragged down the average significantly. Really? In a couple key elements. And it is not to say that the first book is particularly bad. I just think it it made some promises that it did not fulfill. So okay. it, set thing, it set things up and then didn't fulfill them. So out of your the book order, the first book, Red Rising, is it called? Yeah. Was your least favorite of the three? Did it get gradually better? So second was better than the first and third was better than the second? Or I'd say we almost have a... Uh, Star Wars thing on our hands, so I think mm-hmm. the second is the best. Okay, so this the second's the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and then and then to... I think the third one's better. I so saw I'd, I'd say it go in level of quality. It'd go two, th- uh, two, three, one. Okay, and as far as two, so two's being the best. Uh, the third one being second best, first being least favorite of the three. How 
different is the quality though? So second book, is it real? Like, Ooh, loved second book. Yeah. I, I mean, I gave the second book an 8.2. So it's in that good. eight range. So yeah. it's very good. And we're we're sticklers on our ratings. So that eight anything above eight is like you have to read essentially. Yeah. So giving seven five overall for the series seems like a would you recommend the series? Are you gonna go we're gonna go forward with this podcast saying it's a good series? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Uh, especially for a very specific type of reader. So let's say you're kind of just getting into reading more um adult fantasy series. Uh, you're just getting off of reading maybe Hunger Games, you're reading Maze Runner, and you want to dip your toe out of YA, and I would say go right into Red Rising. It's a great bridge, a bridging series for that. So similar books to Red Rising would be Hunger Games, and what else? So very, um, after you read the first book, you'll clearly see why I said Hunger Games, but you got Hunger Games is really similar to the first book. Ender's Game is, so the second book is very similar to Ender's Game in tropes. Like, it, it, not similar as in plot, but in the feel. Okay. And the types of story that it's telling. And the characters involved in the the questions and moral quandaries they have to deal with. Got it. So you like Hunger Games, you like Ender's Game, read this. Exactly. Cool. So, overall, um, the series is about... So, the spoiler-free as much as possible. Mm-hmm. The whole episode, by the way, so no spoilers are coming. Yeah. Especially the, because I I don't want to get spoiled myself, so it's a little selfish. I want to... The, the amount of I spoilers I will be giving yeah. is stuff you read on the back of the book. Okay. That, cool. That's it. So, the main... The story follows Darrow of Lycos. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he is at the bottom of society. Society is broken up into these very rigid class systems based actually on biology. And so they act, they're they all humans, but they all look different, and they're all by colors. So Darrow is a red, the lowest, the lowest level human, has the least amount of rights, is basically oppressed. And he's opened up on the truth of the world, on how the, how the structures actually is, and how he actually is truly oppressed in his people. And he lives on Mars. And it's his journey to free his people, but things get in the way of that. He starts off on his journey of revenge and freedom and ends in a far more complex way. Interesting. And realizes that there isn't so much a us-versus-them mentality. Okay. You mentioned revenge. Yeah. So how would you classify some of the tropes in the series overall, is revenge being one of them? Revenge is certainly one of them. It's it's something that a bunch of the characters have to deal with, and the characters deal with them in different ways. So it does leave... It doesn't um, completely preach. You know, like, There's plenty of stories out there where like revenge is wrong. Like, oh, bad revenge. We're... No, this series doesn't really say that outright. There are consequences to revenge. Sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. It's kind of where the message leads. Got it. And it leads you to make your own conclusions. Okay. And what other tropes do they throw in there? Some other tropes you got there are the um, oh the the fish out of water, where you know the heat 
you think that the you infiltrate this whole group and you think that they're all monsters and you find out you're more similar to them than you thought. Okay. Like you're more similar to your enemies than you thought you were. So big like empathize with your enemy. Um, something that actually um, Brandon Sanderson does with Skyward. So if you like Skyward, check out Red Rising. So very much on the cusp of YA. Yeah. However, this series deals with quite a bit of death, quite a bit of gruesome death. So in many ways, some similar aspects like Game of Thrones level blood and gore. Okay. Is I, don't, it, I don't think it's there. It's not there yet. But Is it written first person or third person? Uh, it is written third person. Third person omniscient or third person limited to our character? Limited to the character. Okay. And, and does it, is it present or future tense? Or present or past tense? <laughs> like talk, is it present or past tense? It is mostly present. However, there are a few moments of, you know, future. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, cool. So if someone likes Hunger Games, someone likes Ender's Game, and they like revenge stories, seems like this has the perfect formula for them. Yeah. Uh, something I will actually, I do want to kick off the game. Let's say you do start the series and you read Red Rising. My main complaint with the series and my eventual satisfaction with it was I was promised in the first book a more political thriller of infiltration and breaking down the hierarchy and interweaving with keeping his secret but making alliances, all this political and battles, all, all these great things. What I got was Hunger Games. Like, it went quickly from that promise to just Hunger Games for the rest of the book. Okay. Which was good. It's not bad, but it just wasn't what I what was promised. It wasn't what you were led to believe. Exactly. Read. I see. So if someone goes in with a different mentality, they might really like it now that they know that. Exactly. Okay. However, second book delivers on all of it. You have the... The trading of secrets, you have betrayals, you have all the backstabbing, the political intrigue, and the plans within plans. You have the grand battles of space battles where um, you have to plan all these moves ahead, kind of like with Ender's Game, and plant everything that I wanted in the books in from the first book came in the second. Got it. So best parts of the series, where, where do you think it really hits the, ooh, I love well, that part of the series? Instead of just going like straight from my head, yeah. the best uh, category was definitely the plot for the whole saga. The whole saga plot's just beautiful, yeah. you'd say. Where the best score that all three books individually got was Golden Sun. I gave plot a nine. Which book's that? Golden That's Sun? the second. Second one. Oh, so excellent plot. Excellent plot. Okay. It had a lot of things that I did not see coming, and some stuff that I did see, but it was a good mix. Subverted my expectations, but in a good way. Nice. So, very enjoyable. I would say some of the weaker aspects is probably the dialogue. There's some... It really is a hit or miss, because sometimes like the, the speeches really work, and it feels creative, but others seem very overly tropish where okay. kind of predictable dialogue and thought it was a little cheesy so 
I'd say the most of that was in the first book. And it's understandable. It's, his, it's Pierce Brown's first book, which... Oh, that's the first book he ever wrote? Yeah. Really? Which, hey, for his first book. Wow. Dang. Like, very impressive for his first book. But he significantly improved after that. So is Pierce Brown a newer author? Uh, Red Rising must have come out a little bit after Hunger Games, so maybe 20, 2014, I think I actually remember seeing this before. I believe Red Rising you're release. correct. Yep, 2014. 2014, yep. huh? Okay, so 2014 was his first book ever, so he's been in, uh, been writing for eight years now. Yeah. Okay, that's relatively very new. I'd say. Yeah, and he's still going on with his next series, which I have not gotten to yet. I've only read the first three. I'm giving some break, uh, giving myself a little break before I get into the next series, which I hear is very different. Okay. So I didn't want to spoil myself any further, but just solely on the three books, I do actually recommend uh, you reading it. If you're into sci-fi, if you're into dystopian futures, and you want to write, you want a good underdog to root for when they're actually like, you know, beaten down by society and everyone else, and you want to see them rise, like the story says, like it really does. Get the blood pumping. Does this have those emotional moments of those scenes you can that stick in your mind and you go, yeah? Does it kind of have those? Are, are there particular scenes that you'll go, oh, okay, I can't wait to pe- until people read that. Or for example, if I if I read this series, you can't wait to talk with me about it. Like, oh, when Austin reads this part, it's gonna be crazy. It has a few. Okay. It has a few, but it also has some criticisms that I would want to talk with you about, but I can't because of spoiler reasons. Okay. There, there are some weird stuff in the books, which I would say, like, the romance is definitely odd in the first book. And there's also some problems, not, I guess, problems, but with the plot, kind of, uh, it, it's a fairly standard um, writing device of whenever a character... Um, talks about the plan in the book. So they discuss the plan in the dialogue. The plan's going to go awry, and it's not going to go that way. Where if they start planning in the book, and then it cuts away, and you know they don't talk about the plan in the book, then the plan's actually going to go well. Oh, so you, you, know you what I mean? recognize the pattern? Oh, yeah, pretty quickly. of like uh. When they're discussing a plan of how to you know beat this oncoming army, whatever. Like, Oh, we need to get into this place and take whatever. And they and in the book they talk about the plan of oh, we're going to hide in here. Blah 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 blah. All right, this this plan's going to fail. Something's going to happen. Where there's a different scenario where oh we got it. We got to get that person back. Uh, we need to make a plan. And then it just that chapter ends. And then it goes right into them executing it. You go, okay, yeah, it's actually going to. It's actually going to work well, where you're going to think, oh no, the plan's gone awry. Well, actually, no, they planned for this plan, and mm. you know, all that stuff. I so, see. I caught that pretty early on, and so it's just a, it's a minor frustration. Minor frustration, but overall, you're still very positive. Yeah, because uh, the third book uses unreliable narrator, which mm. helps with that problem. So, see. in the previous two books... You can kind of guess some some plot stuff that's going to happen. Where in the third, caught me off guard because it used uh, unreliable narrator. So even though I'm in their mind, I don't actually know their plan. Well, very important question for you then. Mm-hmm. Does the third book, and this, this is a trilogy, there's no more coming out, right? 
No, there is. It, oh, it, no, to to the Red Rising Saga. This is it. Yes, yeah. there are Different further books. books that fall in the same universe and Different follow stories. similar character that some of the characters are in here, but it's following a different cast of characters. Okay. So as far as the, the Red Rising Saga goes, does the third book, does the finale end on a satisfying note? Are you very satisfied? Yeah. I was at, it's actually very surprising. Uh, I I did not I was reading and I was only like twenty pages till the end. Something like that. And I was going like how the hell are they ending this? Like, yeah. and I was actually convinced. Like, going, maybe it isn't a trilogy. Maybe there are four books. Like, I I didn't think they would be able to end it the the trilogy in the pages I had left, and they did, and satisfying too. And I was like, oh wow, that it was a quick ending, but very satisfying. Okay, okay. So I I was very impressed with the ending of Morningstar. So I got to give them credit. That's awesome then. Mm-hmm. That that's a big pitch because if if the book for you personally starts slow and then second book's phenomenal and then yeah. third ends very satisfyingly, that's an overall good pitch. Oh yeah. I'd say especially the first book, you might be different than what the typical audience would be. Because yeah. I could see people reading the first book and maybe with the understanding of it is more Hunger Games esque. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they have different expectations than you did, they'll go in and already like that straight off the bat. Well, here's here's also something else that, in hindsight, it, it, it lends to the benefit of this trilogy as a whole, mm. is because it is so different from the other two books, and it focuses on those characters in the first book, and puts them in a very isolated setting where they can really bond and get to know each other. You get to know those characters a lot more intimately, so when... They when they're going in the other two books, you're connected to those characters a little more. So I think I understand why Pierce Brown did it that way, where there's a bunch of side characters. I wouldn't care about nearly any of them in the previous two books unless the first one spent the time on oh. pure character stuff. Because that, that, that's basically what it is. The plot takes a real hit, but character work is done pretty well. And it characters are set up very well in the first book. That's personally what I care about most in stories are characters. Yeah, they're... always. Uh, there's no exception. I care. I think characters are the most important part. So, would you say for me that the first book I would probably like more than you? I think so. But here's the thing: I didn't realize that till the end. Mm. So characters are set up, but not very, not uh, utilized as well. Okay. In the first book, but they're set up very well. So, so then, by the second and third book, the first books have done all the heavy lifting for character setup. Yeah. So then, the second and third are much easier to go. So Darrow's the protagonist of the story. Yeah. Who are the other main characters that are thrown in there that we should be aware of? Without spoiling anything, of course. It would be spoiling. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I can't really? give any okay. other main characters without serious spoilers. Oh, wow. Oh. That got me, actually. Now I'm interested. Okay. I, I mean, for me, when I first... You'll quickly read it. it. Yeah. You think it's one book, and then... Completely different. and nice. Completely different setting. So I don't want to spoil anything other than the first character. Oh, th- this is also super important. How's the yeah. world? Because you said it's a dystopian Earth. Is that right? Yeah. It. I've read better sci-fi worlds, I think. So the... When in terms of technology and location, 
it's good. It's it's pretty good. But the thing that it does really well is its society. Where the whole caste system at the it's a colored caste system where there are golds and they're the top. They're the top uh, species of human. And then there's silver and then white and then green is it, blue. Is it all, all based it. on just color? Genetics. Uh, that they're actually, they have like hair color differences. They have a sigil on their Are, there, are they different species of human? Yeah. The, uh, yeah they okay. have different personalities. You did mention that. I'm, I'm piecing it together now. Yep. Uh, reds t- tend to be very hot-blooded. They're it, honestly, they're very Irish, basically. They're based on the Irish. So we're hot-tempered. They like to dance. They like to drink. Gotcha. Very emotional. Uh, blues. As a 5% Irish, I am very offended, by the way. Oh, of course. I'm, yeah. That, that's what I aim to do almost yeah. every day. <laughs> uh, blues are analytical and just almost devoid of emotion. And so they're normally in charge of the computers and navigation and all that stuff. Got it. Then the pinks. They're basically the sex slaves of the society, and they're the promiscuous ones. As a 5% sex slave myself, I'm also very offended. Jesus. This is that you are just offending me left and right. It's not acceptable. <sighs> but yeah, it, so each color has their own kind of place in society. Okay. And the real problem. <laughs> Say that out of context. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but so it's, it's got a, the class system's very well developed and interesting. Well, the, the thing is with it that makes it interesting mm-hmm. is that the hierarchy is not completely oppressive oh it is oppressive don't get me wrong but there is some truth to yeah most blues are good with numbers and like analytical minds and they are like that the oppression comes in when somebody steps out of line if the society just let people do as they may then They'd probably all line up. Most of the people would line up in similar jobs and places in the world, anyway. Okay. But it's such a rigid caste system, and a feeling of superiority that is, in many ways, you can understand why they think it's earned, but it's still not right. Hmm. So overall, pitch of Red Rising Saga. Read it. Read it. If you liked Hunger Games, you'll like it. If you liked Ender's Game. You'll like it. If you want to step, get a toe step out of the YA and you want to try some, try some other stuff, check out Red Rising by Pierce Brown. I know a couple of people in the comments before uh, suggested reading it, and I did, and I enjoyed it. So let us know what you think. Uh, leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that. Yeah. And we'll check you out later. Yeah, and thank you for the, the suggestions. We seriously did read this, and you read, sorry, you read this yeah. because of the, the, the comments we were getting. Yeah, <laughs> but be, we were getting comments on to read this book, so that's why we're doing this episode. Any comments you guys leave, we'll we'll take them to heart and we'll read everything. He'll read everything you do in the comments, right? Or are you gonna commit to that? Making promises for me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do want I'll mention one of the next books I'm reading will be The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie because that's been commented many times. So yep. that's next on the chopping block. Awesome. All right. All right. Fun one. Bye, y'all. Bye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.